Hey everyone, welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 104. I am your host, Delano Sapporo. This week, we have an exciting week this week with a lot of news updates. There's a lot of current events that have been happening this past week. And of course, we'll talk about what's in the news and we'll also touch on our financial roundtable as well as question of the week. So folks, if you're listening, make sure you five-star rate, subscribe and review and support the podcast however you're willing to do that. We appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy the show. News updates market as well as business and current news. So we've had a correction uh, primarily in pretty much all the indexes have pulled back. Um, there's been a wider correction across the market. You're talking about cryptocurrency, you're talking about equities, um, and it's basically a lot of talk about rate hikes um, and what's going on when the Fed increases interest rates um, over the course of this year. People are modeling four interest rate hikes. The Fed has said three so far. So we'll see. So we're seeing that bit of a correction, which again, for longer term investors, now is a good time for us to look for these opportunities for us to buy um, at lowered prices, lower valuations, better entry points. And so that's what we're seeing across the market. So the central bank is going to meet this week. And they're going to tell us a little bit more about their interest rate um, action they're going to do. We're seeing a lot of the market fully price in what they expect to be a 25 basis point, 25 percentage point hike uh, through 2022. So um, the first, well, the first one of uh, through 2022, obviously there's going to be more to come after our first initial one. See the 10-year yield rise on this news as well. Um, you've seen a lot, a lot of every literally every area of the market is pulling back. Um, you're seeing just energies, uh, which is more of a defensive stock, more of a defensive se- sector, I should say, um, having the most, the best um, defense mechanism, not pulling back as much as the rest of the broader market currently. But again, good time for people to, especially for younger investors, we actually know that we can buy and and. Be, Corrections are a good thing for us. Corrections are a great time for us to find cheaper stocks for for better entry points and and to load up. Um, And that's exactly what I've been doing. So it's a great, great time. Um, And again, if you pull back a a longer chart, it feels bad in the moment. But if people understand how the market works, it doesn't just always go up. Like that would be unhealthy and be fraudulent if it just always went up. Corrections are good. Um, It sets a set a better tone and people that just think the stock market just goes up are obviously going to make bad financial decisions because of that. And you see a lot of people that chased a lot of different stocks and different things that they just heard of, ARK ETFs, all that stuff that people just only bought that and thought that that was just going to keep going up. They're seeing a lot of pain. And I know people out there that are just doing that, which is unfortunate. But let's go into the news. So speaking of like the stock market and financials, banks, banks, Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, a lot of the banks are posting their quarterly reports right now. They're usually the first to report. Um, you're seeing that what they're showing is stronger quarterly profits. Most in, in many cases, thanks to the wealth management and investment banking divisions of their companies. And they're also raising raising wages because um, people, most people are running to tech. I'm see, I've been talking a lot about the wage inflation. Wages are up 
higher than they've been, been for higher skilled jobs, right? Like it's it's the numbers. If you're, you know, I won't get into the numbers, but it, they're they're really much higher than they've ever been, just because of the fact that again, you're competing with other talent, you're competing with other sectors. Um, people are you're competing with people that just know they can make money on their own like myself. Um, and, you know, it's really, really interesting to see this, this battle go on, but they said, Hey, they've raised ways, raised wages. Um, they hiked it to attract more talent. And you're going to see that battle continue, um, throughout this great resignation. In other news, in biking news, Peloton, um, there was a report by CNBC, the insiders sold nearly 500 million shares of stock before the plunge this week. So, this is one I haven't really, I love Peloton as a, as a user. I have it. I ride with it pretty much every day as a stock. I wasn't really that high on just because the valuation didn't make sense to me for something that's essentially just, um, a, it's not a, it's a bike. It's a bike, but they have influences and people that have great content, but it's still just a bike. So I wasn't really understanding the valuation. So I, I kind of stayed out of it, but you've seen the stock really, really correct. It's down like 80% over the past year. So people, again, that just trace, chase hot names and not really understanding the company, feeling more pain and calling the market a scam when they're just, you know, not good. Um, but if you keep looking, and it's really interesting that, I mean, the insiders, they have a right to sell stocks, something against that. But they do know, because they reported, I should say, they have to report every time they sell stock. But it is telling that they're fleeing because they realize, hey, this is the best, Our, you know, right now, this is currently the best we think our valuation will be. Let's sell at this point. Because uh, it's been a free fall for the past year, um, which is really, really interesting to see. In other court news, Britney Spears. Um, I think it's interesting to talk about her just because she's been in the news so much as it relates to you know her conservatorship and and being free from that. And she's taking aim at her father now, saying he took six million plus of her earnings during that thirteen year conservatorship. And that he petitioned for thirty million plus to cover his legal fees, man, it just shows what greed will do. Um, this is someone that you know their family had some embattled and embroiled in some some legal battles, but it just shows what greed um, will do to people. Um, money will do to people, even your family. It'll it'll turn people upside down. So it's crazy to see that uh, what he did to her, and that's just unfortunate. Um, but. In our social media influencer news, we're talking Instagram. Now, Instagram is now going to allow creators to now have subscription features that will grant users access to exclusive stories and lives, plus add a purple badge next to their name that's visible to the creators. Um, so it's really going to have that now tier base that you're seeing on other subscription platforms, whether it's OnlyFans or other things. Instagram is bringing that to their area. They're saying, hey, we're going to give more tools to the creators. Mark Zuckerberg wrote a long Facebook post. It wasn't that long compared to his other ones, but he wrote a Facebook post detailing this out and saying they're going to let people test it out. There's a limited, there's a feature as part of a limited test that's rolling out to just 10 creators, only 10 creators right now, and they're going to make it open. Uh, but the creators can charge anywhere from 99 cents to $99 per month. Um, and the Instagram CEO, Adam, he hailed the recurring payments on the best ways to have predictable income. It's not dependent on people harding individual posts. So instead of having to show a brand or another uh, brand, like, hey, this is how much engagement I have um, on my post, you can now have the subscription-based stuff, which is interesting. I mean, um, I think it's great for creators, another tool for creators to use in their toolbox for monetization and Instagram 
and Facebook are going to monetize out that. I'm sure they take a percentage of that cut as well. So it's really, really interesting to see a lot more social media platforms will have this. You know, Twitter's already moving, already moved to that. You saw they have their blue and they have subscription services. They have paid tier live. So it's, it's coming. It's coming down the pike. And big, big acquisition news. Big acquisition news. Microsoft has revealed that they're doing their biggest cash deal ever. They're, they have a bid in for $70 billion, all cash, all cash money to buy Activism Blizzard, um, which Activism Blizzard is a video game publisher that made hits like World of Warcraft, Candy Crush. Um, I think they're also the Call of Duty folks, right? So they've done so much as far as publishing some of the best games out there. They hold a great percentage. They're in the top 5% of the market in video game publishing. Um, and Microsoft is moving right into that. They're moving into that. Microsoft's obviously a big game a platform, a gaming platform that now wants to compete with the biggest in the world, with his Tessent and Sony. Um, and now they're moving with this a big news. One of their big, it's their biggest acquisition ever, if I'm not mistaken. And now this just pushes them into a whole area of like, what are they thinking now? Everyone's talking about gaming, metaverse, virtual reality, augmented reality. Now Microsoft's saying, hey, we're making the biggest investment we've ever made into this area. And if they're doing that, that has to tell me that they really, really, some of the smartest minds, their CEO is a booth alum, some of their smartest minds are thinking this is where the future is. We're investing heavily in that area. So that just has to make you think from the outside perspective, what do they see a decade from now, two decades from now in this area? Um, and so that acquisition would, should close in six months to a year. Um, barring FTC um, approval, we'll see what that happens as far as anti-competitive laws, but that should be interesting to watch. More content news. Netflix. Netflix raised its U.S. and Canada Canadian prices again, but slashes the prices in India. They're looking to get their next 100 million subscribers. So Netflix raised its bill for its 74 million U.S. and Canadian subscribers. Uh, the standard plan is raising by $1.50 a month to $15.50. The hike comes less than a year and a half after Netflix last raised its prices. Again, I've talked about this. They have great content. They have subscribers. Uh, they gained 36 million subscribers in 2020, one of their largest years yet. They had Tiger King. They had all this different stuff. It was the pandemic. We're still in it. But now they're raising it again because they understand inflation, wage inflation, all different things. And people are subscribed. People are hooked. People are hooked. Uh, they're doubling down on content, especially foreign content. So interesting to see what comes down the pike with this streaming war, which is still heating up. I think it's going to be interesting to see who has the best content going forward. And I've always said, I think Netflix does. Um, and, and that's shown through as well. Man, it's just the creator and content world. Um, kid influences, kid influences, they're calling them. Talking about those TikTokers, and you have a 17-year-old Charlie D'Amelo. She earned more than most, a lot of CEOs last year. I think it was 17.5 million at this Charlie D'Amelo chick kid, I should say, earned after she has uh, she converted her 133 million TikTok followers into different brand deals and product promos and clothing lines. Um, her sister has also earned around 10 or four to 10 million, I believe, as well. But they're just accounts managed by their parents. These parents are saying, hey, we have kids that can make great content. Let's push them out there and let's rake in the cash. And that's essentially what they're doing here. Um, and is that wrong? No, I don't think it's kids. As long as the kids are having fun, liking what they're doing and not being forced uh, for labor, <laughs> then it is a good thing. And it's crazy. And it's not going to go away, to be honest. It's not going to go away. As content is driving the way everything is done today. Um, in less fun and content news, 
some an all-star team of economists drew drew up a paper and analyzed the performance of the PPP pro paycheck protection program. So the paycheck protection program or PPP was the massive government relief package that was aimed to help small businesses keep workers on payroll during the onset of COVID-19. So how did it go? So they said that timeliness was decent. It was a staggering sum of money over a two-month period in the spring of 2020 when Americans needed the most. The scale, 93% of small businesses in the U.S. received at least one PPP loan. And in, in size, PPP was roughly equivalent to the entire recovery package from 2007 to 2009 financial crisis. So just the PPP portion of funds release was equivalent to the entire recovery package we had just a, a little bit over a decade ago, uh, the 2007-2009 housing bubble, which tells me that they, we just printed a heck of a lot of money, <laughs> flushed the economy with cash, which is why you're seeing so much inflation on the wage side, cost side. Um, it was aggressive. It was it was highly aggressive. Um, but it also could have been regressive, too. It's showing that the people who needed the cash, a lot of them didn't get it, right? About three-fourths of PPP funds went to top quintile of households, and only 23% uh, to 34% of PPP funds went directly to the workers who have lost their jobs otherwise. So the bottom line, the wealthy countries really just, you know, with existing worker support system, were able to target their relief programs than, than the unprepared U.S. was. So it was a first-time experiment, obviously some holes in it, um, but it, it's what happened. And in general, we, we, I do believe that the program served its purpose in most cases. And you're seeing a lot of people that committed fraud being caught up and being tracked down by the IRS and the government. So lessons learned there, folks. Lessons learned all around. That's a lot of news. A lot of news. Hope you enjoyed it. We will run into the question of the week next. Question of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Question of the week. So this one I thought was really, really interesting from the listener, um, and I wanted to impart. But this is more of an open-ended. I think a lot of people may have different reaction to this and make it take, take it different ways. But the listener says, I have no family or relatives who I know or care to know. I have no interest in causes or charities. Where do I leave my money? I think this is an interesting question, um, and I want to dive into it. I think people can do this different ways. There's a lot of concepts about what happens at the end. You know, because as mentioned in the question, most people do leave money to family or relatives. Um, a lot of people do also give money to causes or charities that they they want or they, they want to or respect and admire. And I think... The other thing is, you know, which this person left out and that might be the only answer is you could spend, travel, do what you want with it, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, money isn't a thing that you can take with you. So a lot of people want have this, call it back to zero, the mentality of like, okay, if you don't have family, relatives, or cause or charities, then um, you can't take it with you. Then go back to zero, meaning spend, travel, do what you want with the rest of your life, Um that that's the biggest thing I would say with this. Um, and so I think, you know, for people in this situation, we definitely have to um, really see, you know, what is your your goals and, and have you done everything you want to? Have you traveled? Have you done? Have you spent? Have you bought the things you want to? Uh, if that's a, a thing on your mind, I do believe in the charities or causes. I think that would be a good thing to do. If there are people you can help out, if there's interests you can find and research, I think helping the less fortunate is always a good thing to do um, and something that should be deeply, deeply looked into uh, because that could change someone's life. That can certainly change someone's life. 
Um, so, so that's what I would say on that. Um, it's a really, really interesting subject, content subject there, and that question. Uh, but it's something that people should think about. I mean, we're more likely, you know, at, for most of it seems like a long time away, but always something good to have at the back of your mind um, when assessing these things. All right, folks, that is it for this week. Great week of the pod. Really appreciate you. Some exciting things coming up for myself. Um, that's one thing I, I don't share a lot because I don't want people knowing a lot. Of, I'm doing so many amazing things from investing with some of your biggest celebrities and athletes to um, being, you know, potentially up for some amazing th- things I've already done and business has grown so well. I don't share those stuff because I want to keep that stuff in-house with me. Uh, but there's just so much exciting stuff going on that hopefully we'll at the right times be able to be revealed um, but you know, hopefully everyone's staying on their goals, trying to keep on their goals because there are things that take a lot of work and, and that's the only way to reach them. So we'll talk next week, folk. And thank you for listening to this week's podcast episode.